Welcome to our three-minute therapy podcast, which we have almost every week. And with my partner, Mick Ferry. Hi. Who is, who is uh, co-author with me on the book, Stage Fright. And I'm also author of Three-Minute Therapy and rational drinking. We discuss subjects related to REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, which was developed by Albert Ellis, a groundbreaking approach to therapy. And now it's come to be called cognitive behavior therapy, but it's largely the same idea. And the idea is that our emotions don't come from our situations. It's not what we find ourselves in, like being fired or being rejected or having an important uh, interview coming up that makes us depressed or anxious or angry or guilty, but rather it's our thinking. And that's a very powerful concept because if it's your thinking that causes your emotions, you can change your thinking. And particularly if you have disturbed emotions, such as anxiety, depression, anger, guilt, it comes from a particular type of thinking, and that's thinking in terms of demands. Musts, shoulds, supposed tos, have tos, demands we put on ourselves others or the situations we find ourselves in. Today, by the way, Mick, did you wanna add anything to that introduction? No, it sounds good to me, although it did have the thought that situations don't cause us to be upset, but sometimes I've seen people think that they ought to have equilibrium in every kind of situation. And that doesn't necessarily serve as well. If I get fired from my job, it doesn't make sense for me to think that that's okay and for me to feel all right. But it's possible to be disappointed or really quite averse to a situation without spinning out of control. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and uh, you brought up another demand that people have, which is similar to the musts and the shoulds, and that's an ought. I ought to have equilibrium. So right. the more you tell yourself, I ought to have equilibrium, the more disequilibrium you tend to um, construct for yourself. Right. Today, we were going to discuss secondary disturbance, which is something that uh, people often do, a problem people often have, and it's so uh, so pervasive that therapists often don't recognize it. And I think it's one of the um, one of the things that REBT points out that it's a great insight from REBT, rational emotive behavior therapy. And that's when we get upset, or when we think we might get upset, we often worry about that. A typical situation would be you're going to give a talk tomorrow and you recognize you might be somewhat anxious during the talk. And then you start worrying today about being anxious tomorrow about the talk. 
And the way the demands come in, the musts and the shoulds, is I must not be anxious tomorrow, so I'm anxious about being anxious. That's secondary disturbance. Would you agree, Mick? Yeah, and I also think this is one of human beings, individual humans beings' biggest problems, because I've myself experienced and I've observed this in other people, when you become anxious about being anxious, then your anxiety can really become immense and feel, and then you start telling your, easily start telling yourself, I can't handle being anxious. And that's when panic attacks you can occur. Exactly. They're always do from that, but I tell me what you think. I think they're predominantly due from that thought, I must not be anxious. I think that's very common. It may be predominant. I'm not sure, but it's very common. I must not be anxious or I must not be depressed or um, I must not feel guilty or angry. So the first step really is to question the must since you're human. Obviously, you're going to be anxious at times. So ask yourself, why should I, an imperfect human, not get anxious and show yourself there's no reason you should not. In fact, as a human, we can even make a case you should get anxious because that's what humans do. Mick? Well, I was going to say, in my experience, once I got rid of the idea that I must not be anxious, I had no more panic attacks. I used to have panic attacks ages ago. Once I got rid of the thought, I could see that I'm a fallible human being and demanding myself not to be anxious isn't going to help. And that even if I have a little bit of anxiety, it's not nearly as big a deal as if I tell myself I must not be anxious. So once I personally got rid of that thought, I have found that completely eradicates any panic panic attacks. And oh, I'm that's observed, great. That's great. I've yeah. observed this in people that have panic attacks, and invariably I hear them saying that they can't handle their anxiety. And I think you would agree if you have the thought I can't handle being anxious. That's that itself is a demanding thought because you're saying this must not happen. Therefore, it. I can't stand it. It must not happen. You're placing a demand upon getting anxious. Right. A good example of secondary disturbance, being anxious about being anxious. Right. So uh, what we teach is how to question, challenge, and contradict your demands, your musts and shoulds, and show yourself that it is preferable not to be anxious, usually, probably 99.9% .9 of the cases, it's preferable not to be anxious, but there's no reason you must not. And the more you do that, and the more you show yourself uh, getting anxious is acceptable, it's an acceptable human emotion. It feels uncomfortable, but you can tolerate the discomfort. The more you show yourself of that, the better you'll tend to do. And, yeah. and I also think people sometimes confuse this approach with advocating to resign yourself to being anxious, which is not the case in the least bit. It's to avoid escalating the anxiety 
by telling yourself that you must not get anxious. Then once you don't escalate the anxiety, I know we're talking about secondary disturbance here, but when you conquer the secondary disturbance, then you're able to address the primary disturbance and get rid of anxiety altogether. Yes, yes, and that's something we do address, Mick and I address in our book, Stage Fright. Also, I, I have a book, Three Minute Therapy, and it has a few chapters on anxiety, panic attacks, which might be of interest. Albert Ellis, the founder of this approach, has written over 80 books. You can find most of them on Amazon. Mick, did you have any final words? Are we done? We're close to being done? Yeah. Um, Unless you have more to say. What's that? Unless you wanted to add anything. Well, Well, I wanted to say, what do people do to avoid having secondary disturbance? Because we can point out that it isn't beneficial and we'd all like to avoid it. So what do people do? But maybe I can answer that myself by saying to yourself, first of all, recognize that telling yourself, I must not get anxious is not helpful. And then start to look at this and accept yourself as a human being capable of making him or herself anxious and accepting that If you are anxious, you're not going to blow up. You're not going to fall apart. It's something you want to get rid of. But telling yourself you must not do it isn't going to help. And so being able to live with the anxiety, I remember, Michael, you once gave me a homework assignment. I was having anxiety about a particular woman I was infatuated with. You said, well, get rid of the secondary anxiety. Just live with the anxiety for 24 hours. It's your goal to have anxiety for 24 hours to prove that you can stand it before you try to get rid of the primary anxiety even yeah yeah is there anything you would advocate that people do to get rid of the secondary anxiety rather than just simply recognize that we can get rid of her that's not good for us yeah well in addition to what you said mick accept yourself with anxiety you're not a bad person because you're anxious there's no reason you must not be anxious also some people upset themselves about being anxious not so much about themselves but about their situation life must be comfortable easy hassle-free and i'm making myself anxious and making myself less comfortable therefore life should i shouldn't do that in viewing my life and life often consists of discomfort hassles frustrations so you can practice accepting life with its discomfort. Yeah, and I would also add practice is the key. A lot of people hear this and try it once and it works a little bit, but then they fall back into the pattern. It takes practice, repetition, practice, practice, practice to get better and better at it. And it can also take, I myself have had therapy with therapists and it can take guidance but it is individual practicing over and over and over to get rid of the self-defeating thoughts okay in my case the self-defeating thought was i can't stand being anxious well that's just not true i can stand it define what can't stand it is be specific with your thoughts and your words i can't stand it is saying that it i absolutely cannot tolerate it. it's not true i won't blow up I won't die if I'm anxious. I simply don't like it. And I can also add by practicing, practicing, practicing this, 
having the self-helping thoughts, cultivating the self-helping thoughts. I don't think I ever get anxious about being anxious. Once in a while, I might have anxiety, but that's few and far between my days. And it's possible to live a virtually anxiety-free life. Yeah, it's it's possible, but humans often have difficulty living a virtually anxiety-free life. But it's certainly a good thing to shoot for and, and to work at. Well, I've found through practicing this, it it isn't that difficult to achieve. It is achievable. Though yeah. and I, I would say that you are one of the most passionate, regular practices, practitioners of this approach. And I think, and I think that's, uh, does you well in terms of overcoming and these problems. Thanks. I would also say I continually remind myself that I am always a fallible human being. And however anxiety-free I may be, I can always have anxiety again. There's no guarantee against it. I don't need to have a guarantee against it. And that helps me avoid it even more. Okay, very good, very good. We don't have any more time right now. So just to conclude, I'd like to say, if you have uh, any thoughts about what Mick and I said, please comment below, give us a thumbs up. If you enjoyed it, found it useful, suggest subjects for future podcasts. If you'd like to volunteer, Mick and I would love to help you on the podcast, no extra charge. Donate to Patreon and subscribe to 3-Minute Therapy Podcasts to stay on the rational side of life.